Well, good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. My name is Dita Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And this is our third week of the Unmasking series, the second week of discussions about this topic. And it's really, really been interesting to see the kind of comments and responses that people have. Controversial name, unmasking, given everything that's going on. But I love the idea of having a minute to talk about what we really mean and the overarching theme of taking down the barrier. Yeah, I, I saw that comment on our social yeah. as well. Yeah, like an unfortunate and, name. And I'm like, and, and no, that's kind of the point. It's, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like if you know us at all, if you've watched us at all, if, you, if you've talked to us at all, you know how we feel about actually wearing your mask outside. And, Everything you know, that's we do not the, is about... Right. You know, take care of, uh, take other, care people, of other people, love take care your of yourself, neighbor. Right. It's, this is not going to be a talk about, you know what? Stop paying your insurance. Go ahead and throw that seatbelt <laughs> right? off. You know, I'm like, if you, if you maybe know Maybe close your all, eyes when you're driving. I you just, just force a little bit. So yeah, no, I, found, was, I just, I found it yeah. funny. I had to chuckle to myself because yeah, I'm like, I had the same response. I'm like, do you, do you, yeah. do you know us? You know, but that's you know what? Thing, I love that's that right. because, that's right. because it's very easy to assume that when we're given some kind of a direction, spiritual or otherwise, to take it to a physical place and mm -hmm. think about the physical mask, for example. Right. And that, totally understandable. And the person who said that, they had a point if we were talking about physical things. Right. But we have it, you know, part of our job as spiritual seekers, whatever you want to call yourself, your job as a Christian, let's say, is to take the messages that you receive in your life explicit or otherwise, and take them to a more than physical level. Right. Because that's where we do our work. We right. do our work between us and God manifest out in life, not the other way around if you want it to work at all. And that means we should start our work by doing our opening prayer. I was Let's, wondering if you were going to yeah, get there. <laughs> you know me. Let's share it together. God, God is and, and I am. am. I, I stand on holy ground. ground. Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it is, and so it does, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I want to let you know that just as last week's discussion was inspired by a book, this week's discussion is inspired by the chapter called Manifestation in a book called Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore. And again, this is one of those books that's been out for a long time, so there's been a whole bunch of different covers. This is the one that I, actually, I have several copies. You have several copies. This is the copy that was closest to my hand as I passed the bookshelf to come down to talk to you today. But um, once again, the chapter is Manifestation, and it's a really interesting thing because when you have uh, Lessons in Truth in Christian Healing, the chapters actually line up about the subject matter, whereas last week we talked about uh, the, the denials chapter in Lessons in Truth. The manifestation chapter covers some of the same things, but the difference is where Lessons in Truth is about big picture things, Christian healing, that word healing. It's about you. Yeah. yeah. You it's can kind of tell. It's how it the goes inside in. of yeah. you, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that's completely appropriate for what we're going to be talking about today. 
Well, it's the soul, spirit, soul, soul and then body. body. That's that's always, you know, and if you've been around the last couple of months, you know the pattern by now. But for new folks, we just, that's always the way that we do it, where it's big picture, what does it mean for me? And then how do I take it out into the world? And, Again, spirit, yeah. soul, and body. And by right. that same token, I bet you are guessing that there's going to be a third book that we'll talk about next week. Good guess. <laughs> And you may even know what book it is, but otherwise I'll mention it in the comments. So pay attention yes. to those comments Stick and, around, and that right? kind of a thing. But you don't have to own a copy of the book. It's just that what we talk about is in some ways inspired by some of the things that Mr. Fillmore wrote in the book. And I wanted to actually get started with one of the main concepts at the beginning of that manifestation chapter in Christian Healing. He talks about the idea that traditionally, quote unquote, scientific people tend to not have room for faith. Mm -hmm. And traditionally, quote unquote, religious people tend Don't to not have, have room, room for, for reasons, science. For, yeah, science, for science, for, for using right. their heads. Right. And there's this imagined, for the most part, gulf between head and heart. And Charles Fillmore is saying that that's kind of the problem. Because the deal is that if you are only a heart person, it's like running around like a chicken with your head cut off. There's wonderful things about having that feeling nature, about acting out in the world. But, you know, God made that wonderful thing between your ears, too. This stuff should make sense to your head and your heart, and it should work in your life. It's that same trinity that we just mm -hmm. talked about. And by the same token, a scientific person is someone who goes from cause to effect. That's kind of the table stakes definition of what science is. Well, Mr. Fillmore would argue that if you don't take it up to cause with a capital C, mm -hmm. you're just not going all the way with your science. And so what I want to share with you is that little note at the beginning of that chapter in Christian Healing has to do with find things that make sense to your head and your heart. Find things that work in your life. We're never going to ask you to, uh, to do something that is illogical, let's say. And we're also never going to ask you to do something that's contrary to your heart. It just doesn't work that way. And so ask yourself what your situations are asking of you. Do they violate the precepts of what makes sense? Do they violate the precepts of something going on in your heart? That's something to look at. And as we're looking for things to get done with, that might be one of them. So as far as the head and heart thing, the next thing in the chapter, and from here we're kind of going to go different places in what the book, but there's this one other little piece that I wanted to bring up. It's here in this manifestation chapter of Christian healing that Charles Fillmore talks about the idea that in Genesis, you know, the six days of creation, plus the special bonus round of the Sabbath day, the six days of creation, he talks about them as the process of getting the idea. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I always thought that was really interesting, but there's some pros and cons to that. Did, when you read that, I mean, you and I have both read that book, been reading it since we were kids. So when you were, you know, coming from a traditional religious background where I would imagine it's it's very much like, no, this is how the world got made. Right. Kind of a thing. When you read that thing about it's about getting the idea, what did that what did that do for you? Did it make sense? Did it feel weird? What was well, the Well, I think in in our tradition in that tradition and you know and and we i talked about this a little bit last week but um in my youth i was assemblies of god i was we went uh to the mormon church for a little while 
we um, were Southern Baptists for a little while. I mean, my my family really went and experienced different different sorts of religions all over. But but you would consider all pretty much those three, and that was like my formative years from like five to twelve, let's and say are, five years old to twelve years old. Theological so, differences, so, but in general, but very in general, mainstream. They're in mainstream. Kinda, yeah. They're fundamental. You know, they you know they, there are differences, but. But not in Sunday school, for example. You're, you're getting the basics. You're looking at the same curriculum, more or less. Exactly, the same, you're getting yeah. the basics. So when any when any question would arise, um, it was just, just this is the way that it is. Don't ask any questions. Our minds can't understand. Lord what, works in mysterious ways. Well, yeah, we don't we don't know, but not, but not just that the Lord works in mysterious ways. It's that we can't possibly ever know or understand. So questions or, like, how how is it that there's the first day, second day, third day, when we don't have the sun we and the moon the, right away, how do you know what a day is? Those right, kinds of questions exactly. you would just kind of get it, shot it, down? It is what it is. Just, okay. just take it at face value. We're telling you what it is. And just learn the song that goes along with it. You know, learn, <laughs> you know, because they had, in Sunday school, they had songs for everything, yeah. which, which is the, it's wonderful because I still know the books of the Bible and I still know, I mean, it really, it did give me a fundamental understanding of the, the knowledge of what the Bible has in mm-hmm. it. And, and so I can, I can really speak to that now. So I'm, I really am grateful for that time, but, but you didn't, you weren't asking questions. It wasn't until I was in my teenage years that it was brought up to the idea that we interpret that allegorically, mm-hmm. that symbolically, that that's what that's what happens. And and for me, in my in I'm a very analytical person. I'm a very numbers person. So for me, that really sort of jived with uh-huh. with my understanding. I think. So did it feel liberating that idea, or did it? Oh, feel sure. If I was challenging. Like, to- no, I think it was for me. It was liberating um, because it was just like I could finally get my head around. Oh, that's what that means. Okay, okay. It's not literal. It's not. That it's not this a twenty-four is, hour day, right? The word that the the actual right. language of the scripture uses is more like an age. An age. Or basically, well, the, the better definition is as long as it took. Right, and when you and when you're a little know. kid, when somebody says day, that's what you think of. I mean, your day is structured. As a little kid, it's pretty you controlled. Get up and you have it's some pretty weedies scheduled. And you go to do the thing. Yeah, exactly. Time. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. So, and, and notice then, how I punctuate my days by food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But no, so so for as as you're learning as a little kid, it would be. But I would argue that I think there are adults that are still functioning that way, well, where it's punctuated by this understanding of, well, this is what a day is, and yeah. this is what time is, and you know, and that time it. time is an illusion. We all but, know this, right? And, and, <laughs> but you know, that actually that brings back one of the main points that we're going to hit many many times throughout, not just this series, but anytime we have a conversation, it's bound to come up sooner or later, and that is. We talked about it during the change series that we just finished. If it is spiritual, healthy even, functional, it is going to be the beginning of a conversation and not the end of a conversation. So watch out for, nope, Bible says it, we're done talking about it. Because that's not the way the people who wrote the Bible even used the Bible. It was the beginning of a conversation and debate. And we talked about that. But in this instance... You get to decide what's healthy. Is it healthy to go, nope, it says day. That means day, 24 hours, Eastern Standard Time. Boom. 
Or is it healthy to go, well, let's talk about what that means and how that feels and let's engage head and heart in this process. I I can't believe that God is bound by the concept of a clock face. Right. You know, this has all got to be way bigger than than the material stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when I read that as a kid, coming not from a very traditional kind of even fire and brimstone-y, if you want, kind of a tradition, I come from a New Thought Unity background, as you know. And so for me, it was all about ideas, thoughts, affirmations, you know, these kinds of Mm -hmm. concepts. Say the statements, learn the thing, memorize the you know, the 40 statement affirmation of faith or whatever. And somehow in and through the process of intellectualization, you will get there. That's what I thought it meant. And I think that's what a lot of people in Union New Thought think it means. I don't think that that's what Charles Fulmer's talking about, but I think that that's what a lot of people well, think. Well, again, going back to when you're learning these basic ideas as a child, you and me, mm-hmm. I was learning, listen, just have faith. God's got this. You don't need to understand it. Just go and live your life and do that. And I have to say, as an adult, I still lean on that. And I think you would probably say the same thing. Well, I'm from the other place right, because exactly. I was you learning, were, you, you were you're learning not gonna, that. And you so, must figure this out. If you don't figure it out, right. it ain't going to work. That's kind of what the message that I got is you, you got to feel it out. I got to figure it out. Right. Which is really funny because if you've been watching these and listening to our podcast and even the book that we wrote together a while back, Branching In, all of those things, you know by now that I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that we really kind of defy the stereotype. A lot of times people go, oh, well, the woman is the, the, feeling, heart, nature, the feeling nature and the man is the thinking. <laughs> and she's the brains of this operation and I'm the heart of this operation. That's yeah, kind of, it, in it, broad strokes, yeah. I mean, obviously there's overlap. Yeah, but, sure. But I come from that place, and so it's really funny. But I'm the, I'm the analyst. The, I'm the numbers. The, yeah, as you know? the numbers yeah. person, you come from this feeling tradition, and as the heart person, I come from this thinking tradition. It's really been we both went to the wrong place. There was a mix right. up at the factory. <laughs> but can you imagine though a double a double analytical and and Lord I honestly mercy. you know or a double or a double heart? I mean, yeah. I think God kind of made. I'd be wearing a lot of happening. fluffy clothes all yeah. the time, and you'd be all. <laughs> well, angles, no, you'd be but, on you'd be on a commune somewhere, and I'd be I'd be in a, a, a laboratory. Yeah. But so, you know, so I love, I want to take those words of Mr. Phil Morse to heart at the beginning of the manifestation chapter. You need both. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, when I read that that chunk about the, the days of creation, part of me went, okay, good. Mm-hmm. This is the process of getting the idea. And I want to apply this to my life because I know that life is all about getting the idea, cracking the code. But when you think about it, there's very little about life that actually involves cracking the code. You can't figure out somebody and then be mm-hmm. in love. Love is a feeling. There's no set of rules, for yeah. example. You can't figure out how your favorite song is your favorite song. Nothing works that way. You know, that kind of thing. Right. You need you need something different to be at play. But more than that, it didn't occur to me until years later, years later. I just sort of took it at face value. And once again, Unity and New Thought people are just as guilty of fundamentalism right, as yeah. fundamentalists because I just went, oh, that's what it says. We're done talking well, about the, it. Like I said, in, know, the, in the same way, you know, same but different problem, yeah, right? So. Right. But so anyway, I didn't realize until years later that, wait a minute, it doesn't take me six days or ages or whatever to get the idea. The idea is the idea. Gravity pulls you to the center of the earth. Cool. Got it. I got the idea. 
Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's details to work out, but in general, don't put your hand on a hot stove. I get it. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't date people who break your heart. I got the idea, and yet people put their hand on hot stoves. People date people that break their hearts. It's not because they don't have the idea. They know better. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been in a situation where you did something even though you knew better? You had the idea. didn't take you six days. And so I realize as an adult reading Christian healing with, with hopefully more grown-up sensibilities— I realized that that's not really what's going on. The six days of creation are the recipe for you if you're working on some kind of a manifestation in your life, but it does not take six days to get the idea. It has to do with how how long long it takes takes you to to get get to to your heart. This is about formulating a knowing. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage you to take a look, open that Bible and look at those days of creation in Genesis. Well, they it's, and, it's interesting. They all start with let there be. Yes. And, 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 and so is, it's not it, like, it doesn't start with, okay, understand this. It doesn't sound, okay, you know, think about this. It says, let there be, and it's let a very, there be well, light, let there be. The Lord is definitely a Beatles fan, but part of it too <laughs> well, is. Well, you know, who wouldn't be? Yeah. I mean, come on. Nobody even talks about the Dave Clark five anymore, yeah. but. The deal is that that's really, really interesting and really, really important. Not the Dave Clark Five part, the other Mm -hmm. part. Because again, the thing that I came from, the my tradition was, I'm gonna if it is to be, it's up to me. I'm gonna make these things happen. Mm -hmm. But that's not how God creates. If you're supposed to follow this recipe, and like I said, go look at your Bible, pick up a book like Christian Healing. There's a book called the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary. If you want to dig deeper, Charles Fulmer also wrote a book called Mysteries of Genesis that digs deeper too. There's lots of places you can look, but in general, look at that creation story and go, well, what does it mean for me to allow in the lesser and greater lights, for example? What does that mean for me? But the interesting part is every step is a step of allowing. Right. Let there be light. Not, I'm going to make me some light. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm going to force it. Not even, I'm going to beg for it. I'm going to understand it. I'm yeah. going yeah. to figure out light. Right. What does that mean? Yeah. Let there be light. The basic concept is that all of the creation and good and promise of beauty and excellence, whatever it is, is already there. You have to allow it. So in this part of when it works in you, you have to get rid of those ideas about how you're going to force it, think it, figure it out. Even like you said, even beg or, or even like, you know, just try and wish your hardest because that's kind of a heart feeling. So, but, but the idea is, is that if you really want to get this growth, you have to get rid of those ideas that you're in any kind of control at all right. in, in that situation. And I know that and flies in let the face. There be. Oh yeah. Let there be. Yeah. I know that that flies in the face of all of the self-help, you know, have it, wish it, want it kind of books. <laughs> um, yeah. Brian Griffin. Thank you, great Brian author. Griffin. Yeah. But um, it flies in the face of that kind of a thing, but for good reason. Like I said, look at your life. If you're having trouble experiencing something, you know, like you want the money to be there. You want the love to be there. You're looking at manifestation stuff. Once again, chapter's called manifestation. If you're looking at manifestation stuff, understand that God doesn't create through forcing. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying, (laughs) good luck. Right. Look at the recipe for how the universe is made. You're trying to make something, probably a pretty good place to look. 
And let's go deeper. It's really interesting that every, first of all, it begins with God recognizing that, you know what, there's room yep. before the days even start. And then every day is let there be something, right? So it starts with openness and emptiness, making room, acknowledging. Isn't that funny? We talked about that. We we talked about the empty house. Uh And this time we're actually talking about like an empty universe. That's where it it began. That's lessons in truth and Christian healing. No, it's great. And this other book that we're going to talk about next week, they all line up. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to read them like they're all one big book, but the difference is big picture in my life, out in my world. But anyway, it's interesting that it starts with the big idea mm-hmm. of, of we need something here. Mm-hmm. There's room. Every step in the intermediate. Intermediate. That's right. <laughs> in every intermediary step. So I talk like a pirate. In the intermediate, every step in the middle has to do with acknowledgement, release, making room. And then you know what happens on the bonus seventh day. It's the Sabbath. You allowing, allowing this it. to be. Yeah. Every single moment big at the beginning. It's surrender. The whole yeah. thing. The creation process. This is the thing to write down. The creation process is the process of surrender. And that might seem completely 180 degrees opposite from what you're used to, but maybe that's why stuff hasn't been working before. Right. Or well, if it has worked, it's been hard. I was going to say, you know? let's let's boil this down. We've been talking about great big universe stuff. So what does that mean for me in my life as far as relationship, if I'm looking for somebody to love? What does that mean in my life if I'm looking, you know, to... Uh, prosper monetarily more what how does if that is the creation process Mm -hmm. it starts with that empty space taking out all of your old ideas about what you think it should be about how you think it should go you know plans are great goals are great and i again you need the understanding and the head part Mm -hmm. right um but you have to go okay i got an idea now you got to let it go. Can you let yourself that, isn't be... Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and it's, it's huge. so hard. Can you it's let so yourself hard. be lovable? Or do you got to be cool? You know the difference, and it's the plot of every teen movie. Can you let yourself be loved? Mm-hmm. Not on your terms. Right, I was going to say... Their on, and again, let we people, talked a little bit yeah, about that in previous weeks. Let people love but, you the way that they But as it turns out, the, the process of, you know, uh, talking about it in the romantic side is a process of surrender and it applies to every single thing if you want a better job can you let yourself be educated or do you got to know everything because you're not going to learn you're not going to grow you're Mm -hmm. not going to go the places can you let yourself be open to new opportunities if somebody gives you an offer can you be the kind of person who says yes these are all surrender things Mm -hmm. think about your life in terms of this the process of creation is a process of surrender And I want to go back one more time. We talked about it at the beginning when we talked about the unmasking thing. I think that so often it's easy to go to the physical place. Notice none of the things that we talked about are physical. Mm -mm. I'm not talking about surrendering a a physical thing. That's not how you get loved. It's about surrendering ego stuff. And we don't expect you to literally have an empty house. Yeah. You don't require that in order to do your next thing. Please get a bed. Yeah. If you don't have one, they're very nice. It's dandy. But yeah. (laughs) But the point is, maybe a nice chair. It's never about it's never about this stuff. So again, 
The process of creation is a process of surrender, but specifically what we are here to surrender has very little, if anything, to do with physical things. And this reminds me, there's a wonderful passage in the Gospels where Jesus, in so many words, says, why are you guys praying for stuff all the time? Yeah. I mean, it's paraphrased, but that's basically what he says. He's like, he's basically says, you're wasting so much time and energy and passion and everything else praying for God to give you things. That's interesting because now, 2000 plus years later, a lot of people, people spend a yeah. lot of time praying for things when Jesus specifically said, that's not what prayer is for. Yeah. Cause God already knows. Yeah, God already the, knows the, what you need. The quote is the, your father in heaven knows what you need before you ask it. And the, the, the intimation there is that God's a good dad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, God yeah, knows he's what you're... he's paying attention. Yeah. And in <laughs> fact, you get to a place where you realize, if I'm asking God for things, am I really actually kind of telling God that, that he doesn't know best? Mm -hmm. hmm, something to think about. Jesus is saying that prayer is not about asking God for things because God already knows about that. Instead, prayer is the process of releasing... Mm -hmm your attachment to things, releasing your attachment to, to things to going people. a specific way, and, you're releasing and, your attachment yeah. to a specific outcome. All of right. these things, prayer is the is this, the prospect and the process of going, okay, God, I know you're there. I know you're here. Well, I think in my spiritual growth and mm -hmm. my spiritual evolution, and I, you know, I hope to never stop. I hope to never stop growing and never stop learning. And, and I want those moments of enlightenment. And, well, God and is it. infinite. So I, there's I mean, always honestly, more to learn and more to grow through. But and all I that. think, I think maybe a simplification of where I have been at, especially maybe the last 10 years or so like that, okay. I think for me is more of a practice of just getting to that faith place. Well, and and, that's and huge. the and the release and just to go well you know what I and that as a as an intellectual person as a as an analytical person you want a reasonable rate of return right well yeah and and it's and did, it's, did you sign the thing yeah right? exactly and yeah. it's interesting because you know you have to raise your kids you have to make sure that they're fed and watered you know that they're that they're they're sleeping one of our well. children is a pony well you know i mean sometimes it feels like they're animals in your house let's be honest let's be there were times in the past it's true you know I, I, there's you walk into their rooms and sometimes you're like do you well, you know we need to hear some hay yeah <laughs> it would have completed the uh yeah. the ensemble it's a very live laugh love cracker barrel kind of a vibe <laughs> i like it farmhouse Any, anyway but I think we're charged in our lives to, okay, you have responsibilities to not let this child die. You have responsibility to earn this paycheck. You have a responsibility to honor your mother and your father. You have mm -hmm. to do all of this and you have to figure out how to do that. Right. And I, I want to go back and say, so it's it, for me, and again, in my spiritual experience, getting those two to mesh. Mm. Being responsible and then letting things go, um, I think one of the hardest things is as your children start to become adults and independent is to is to allow them to do that instead of, you know, being the helicopter parent. Um, but then there are other parents who are like, all right, 18, you're out, right. <laughs> you know, and then there are ones like they're 30 and they're still living in the house. Right. I mean, neither one is, is a good way to do it. But, you know, I... 
I also want to go back to the point of we're never going to tell you that bad stuff is not going to happen. Well, you know right? what? That's that's really important. So take a minute. It's going to be okay. And in fact, it's in the process of okay right now. Right. God's and- here and God's in charge and all that. But that does not mean that you're not going to have to learn some things. It does right. not mean that you're not going to have to grow. And this is big because one of the reasons, you know, uh, once again, Jesus is telling people don't pray for things all the time. And I, I, we still, as a culture, have not learned that lesson particularly well. We still try to solve our problems with things, even though we've been warned about it since before the time of Jesus Christ, you know. But I think one of the reasons that that people attract things and think in terms of things and all that is because they're trying to shield themselves against challenge. Yeah. And and you can't... If I, have, the, if I have a bigger roof over the house, what if I had a roof that was... 30 feet thick, then I'd be okay. Right. You know, what if I owned seven cars and if one broke down, I wouldn't care. What if I had, you know, a spare, whatever it is, you know, and that way of thinking can make you feel safe in a way. But the truth is that's not anything. All of those things are a substitute for faith. Well, if I tell you that I can't be happy until I have a million dollars, then I'm telling you I can't be happy. Well, and again, in that, in, in my own spiritual evolution and growth. I I think that that is such a big, that was such a big thing for me is realizing that, um, I wasn't shielded from challenge. And then when challenge happened, trying to find something or someone to blame. And I think that that's how people lose faith. They, they start to blame God. They blamed the people, they blame the people that they love. They Mm -hmm. blame themselves. It's, it's like, and so if you're, if you're, if you're facing a challenge and you're trying to figure it out intellectually, you can't. Even that process is a let it be. Let the challenges that you're going through, let them happen because you, we can't be shielded well, from it. There's a story and, that I've told a, a bunch of times. And so you, you you may have heard it before if you've been around me, but I'll tell the quick version. Um, there was a time in our life where we just didn't have any money. I mean, we just, it was very, very difficult. There was, <clears throat> there was all, you, you name a struggle involved with money and we have dealt with it, mm-hmm. you know, by and large, there were rough times and obviously people have had it rougher. It's not a competition, but we had some really hard times. Yeah, but for us, it, we during, were young and it was scary and, during you know, those times, you don't know what to do. During those times of real fear of, you know, all of it. I got it in my my goofy head and to the point of fixation where I think about it all the time. I thought, you know, if I could just get $5 million, and for some reason that was the number that stuck out for me. I don't know why, but it, five is a good Bible number, I mm-hmm, guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. doesn't matter. But I thought to myself, if I could just get $5 million and I would be brushing my teeth in the morning thinking about, okay, if I had $5 million, I would give, I'd set aside a million for each of the kids and I'd do this and I'd pay the taxes and we'd do this. And and I had it all spent. But the point was that that, and I would rehearse that all the time, at least once a day, usually a lot more than that. And I had the gall to think that somehow that was part of like an affirmation process, that that was a visualization thing or whatever. And the funny thing was, no matter how much I dwelled on that magical $5 million that was going to solve all the problems, money was not working for us. It was getting worse, in fact. Really bad, guys. And I got to the point where I realized that 
apparently $5 million is how much it costs for me to not have faith. Right. Because what I was really saying is if I have $5 million, I don't have to trust anything. Right. I don't have to trust God to take care of me. I don't have to trust myself or my partner or my family or my situation to get better. I don't got to trust anything because I have a bank statement that is going to magically shield me against everything. And that is garbage. Well, and, and I love the I love the old trope of, well, I just I want enough money so I don't have to think about it. And I always say, no, I, I want enough money to where I have to think about it. <laughs> hey. I want to be able to manage it. Yeah. I want to be able to, because the thing is, is I can get my head around $20. I got to tell you, the problem, the problem, what am I going to so, do with all this money? That's not a terrible problem. Right. But, but no, but what I'm saying is, is that that, if, if you are going to do affirmations, don't, don't affirm a limit on it. You right. know what I mean? Well, if, that's if true that's, too, but if that's but, the thing. And, and I would say, I would argue, no. Be the person that wants to think about it. Be the right. person that wants to face these but, things, these bills, me, these responsibilities. For me, the situation was I began to realize that I was trying to find a, a way to cheat God. I didn't yeah. do it on purpose, yeah. but I was trying to find or, a way. Or not even, or the, no, the, the system. Well, you know? but God's the system. God's the system. Okay. You know, All right. I was trying to let you off the no. hook. <laughs> well, like I said, I didn't do it on purpose, but I'm sure I was breaking a commandment or two unintentionally. But the concept is, what's your, how much do you cost? What's your price? Right. You know? And I realized right. I had a price. That stinks. Yeah. But realizing it, this is why you need head and heart in part, because part of it is once I realized it, I could also think about how that felt. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it didn't feel right and it didn't figure right. And so I was able to go, wait a minute, this is not what I'm praying for. For one thing, I want God to be unlimited in my life. I want God to be bigger than a $5 million price tag. Mm -hmm. But also, I want to not have to put limitations on me. Right. So what I want is instead of, Father, will you please let me win the lottery, which was basically what yeah, I was praying yeah. for, I changed my prayer time into, Father, can I remember that you are my source, mm -hmm. that you take care of me? Can I get rid of the parts of me that are afraid? of you not being there because that's just foolish. I know you're there. And that's the denial that we're And I got to tell you, yeah. boys and girls, it's not like it was overnight mm -hmm. because sometimes it takes six ages to get to a knowing place, but it did happen. And, you know, obviously we still think about money stuff and all that, but you know what? We got a nice house. You know, the kids are good. Everybody went to college, all that stuff it worked out and it's working out. And a big part, I know this, it's not just that I believe it, I know it. A big part of it is going, you know what? I don't have a price tag anymore. Mm -hmm. And my faith does not cost $5 million. I'm asking everybody watching this to take a minute and think about that. And what's your equivalent? If I just had the Red Rider BB gun, right. if I just had the thing, I'd be okay. No, you won't. You'll yeah. still be you. What if you prayed instead to God, can I please get out of your way? Just as you said so so accurately a little bit ago, we're not telling you you're not going to have problems and right. challenges and stuff to grow. You're right. going to. But if you become a person of faith. You have that to lean on. You yeah. have that to to um, find peace with, I think. And and at least at least for me. And, you know, speaking of money stuff or, you know, health stuff or anything like that, at the end of the day, it's like when, when you when I'm getting ready to put my head on the pillow. It's like, all right, everybody's safe. Everybody ate today. And that's something to be happy for. Yeah. And that's what I ask for, you know, the daily bread. 
Well, and, and there's a good precedent for that. Well, it seems so, to me that you know, someone said something be, about... Yeah, right. But beyond that, beyond that, um, it, you get very quickly into ego. You know, you could, like, again, you have an understanding, you have a plan. It's important to, to, you know, be responsible for the things that you need to be responsible for. But I think that there is a difference between just hanging on as tight as you can and then, and the release or the letting, let it be. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of God, can you please make sure that Google stock goes up? Can you say God? May I please remember that you take care of your children. There are challenges in life, you know, but think about the challenges you've had. Stuff has been taken away from you. People, relationships, situations, jobs, possessions, money, whatever has gone away. But if you look back at your life, there are things that have remained. Mm -hmm. Look at those things. And they tend to not even be things. They're feelings or ideas. They're moments. They're They're experiences. That's where faith lives. You're good at this already. You just got to remember to let it be. And with that in mind, let's take our opportunity to give. As always, we're so grateful for you watching these videos and commenting. We require you to like and subscribe and share. It's a huge deal. If you want to support this church financially, please do that by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. It is more important now than ever before as we move forward into the next experiences of this church and all that. Let's hold those gifts of love and substance in our minds and hearts and say our offertory blessing together. God is my source, my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. And so it truly is. Amen. And I want to remind you that wherever you are, you're not alone. Find ways to reach out this week. Find ways to love your neighbor and take care of somebody. Find some ways to contact us because we want to pray with you and think with you and talk with you and feel with you through all of the things because we are all in this together. But right now, let's pray together as a family. God, I'm I'm ready for change. My heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. And so it is now and always. Amen. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.